Before the hepatitis B vaccine, up to one-third of obstetricians had been infected with hepatitis B, chiefly from needle sticks or other exposures to bodily fluids. However, our modern-day plague, HIV, has no vaccine. What are the risks to doctors and nurses from providing care to HIV patients? You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Today we will be discussing HIV during pregnancy, the myths and prejudices of both patients and healthcare providers. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson, a clinical assistant professor of obstetrics and gynecology at Northwestern University. Today our guest is Dr. Susan Q. Uven, professor of obstetrics and gynecology and medicine at Brown Medical School. She is also director of the Miriams Hospital Immunology Center in Providence, Rhode Island, which provides comprehensive care to over a thousand women and men living with HIV AIDS. Welcome, Dr. Kuyuvin. Thank you. Okay, well, let's talk about some of the myths and prejudices among healthcare providers. One myth that I am aware of is that women with HIV should not get pregnant due to the risk of infection for the baby. Is this truly a myth or is there truth in this? I think that there was a lot of fear in the early part of the epidemic. First of all, we didn't know how much transmission would occur. Is it 100%? If you're HIV infected with your baby, we're 100% infected. As we learn more about the virus, we learn that without any intervention, without any antiretroviral therapy, 25 to 35% of the babies of HIV infected mothers would be infected. However, with the advent of antiretroviral therapy and the judicious use of elective C-section when necessary, we have brought down mother-to-child transmission of HIV in developed countries, 1 to 2%. Of course, this is not mirrored in lesser developed countries where access to care and antiretroviral therapy and just prenatal care and you know, care during delivery is not available. So I think that that's one of the biggest myths I would like to burst for, HIV, uh, for care providers. I still hear many medical professionals say, why did she get pregnant? Isn't she HIV infected? Wouldn't she give HIV to her baby? So I think with proper care, mother-to-child transmission of HIV is 1% to 2%. I have a question about that 1% or 2%. The few babies who do get infected with modern care, are there any distinguishing characteristics, clinical or demographic, for their mothers? Are they late presenters to care or late diagnosis? Or is there any predictability in who will fail and who will vertically transmit to the baby? Definitely. Since we have instituted, you know, almost routine HIV testing in pregnant women so that we can intervene early to prevent mother-to-child transmission, many of these cases are presenters in late care or no prenatal care at all. And that is why one of the newest things that, have, that are being done in labor and delivery is to do rapid HIV testing for women in labor so that if the rapid HIV test is positive, you will need confirmatory tests later, but then you give them antiretroviral medications and you supply their baby with antiretroviral medications until you get a negative confirmatory test. If it's positive, you have at least intervened during labor and delivery. You must remember that most babies are infected at the late part of pregnancy and during labor and delivery. Only a smaller proportion of babies are infected antepartum. So we try to intervene as much as possible. The longer a woman is on antiretroviral therapy, 
the better chance of decreasing HIV to her baby. But even if you only see a woman during labor and delivery, there's still a chance to intervene. And the baby usually receives six weeks of antiretroviral therapy to further prevent HIV transmission. But you are certainly right. Women who have HIV who are far advanced in their HIV, whose immune system is more far advanced, who have a high amount of virus in their blood, are more likely to transmit than healthier women. It sounds to me like there's a very important take-home message here, and that is a woman who has HIV, who's on antiviral therapy, whose viral loads are low, who's not showing symptoms of advanced disease or actually AIDS itself, can make a very rational, deliberate, and prudent decision to get pregnant. Definitely. I think that's a very important thing because when you talk about 1% to 2% of babies having uh, HIV at birth and in early life, certainly some people in our audience will think, well, you know, 1% to 2% chance is still kind of bad. But I think the important thing is to emphasize that the 1% or 2% really occurs in some very unusual and predictable cases, those who present very late for prenatal care, by and large. In most studies, it shows that if the plasma viral load, the amount of virus in the blood in the mother, is what we call below detectable, there's almost zero transmission. What about some of the prejudices of the healthcare providers in terms of taking care of patients? I think a lot of healthcare providers think that they have a real personal risk of getting HIV just from taking care of patients, particularly during surgical procedures and certainly during deliveries, because Obviously, bodily fluids are actually flying all over the room. Yes, and it's unfortunate that 25 years into the epidemic, we haven't really changed so much our mindset about dealing with HIV-infected patients. We all, you know, say universal precautions, but of course, like you said, accidents can happen. And you've been in the labor and delivery room enough to know that no matter how careful you are, something, always an accident can happen. But... I would say that the obstetricians and gynecologists should be more worried about hepatitis B and hepatitis C, which are more efficiently transmitted than HIV. I also want to tell everybody that there is a occupational exposure helpline, which is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's 1-888-488-4911. That will answer all your questions about post-exposure prophylaxis, both to HIV and hepatitis. But let's just talk about the real risk. What is the real risk for somebody who has been exposed to blood that has HIV or bodily secretions that have HIV? If you're looking at a blood transfusion, for example, before we tested all blood and blood was safe in the United States, if you were transfused HIV-infected blood, what was the risk that you would get HIV? It's 9,000 per 10,000, so it's almost 90% that you probably would be infected with HIV. But if we're looking at uh, injection needle sharing, you know, which is not pertinent to healthcare providers, but if you shared needles with somebody who is HIV infected through drug use, that exposure is only 67 per 10,000 exposures. But now if we talk about needle stick injuries, which are the ones that happen in the delivery room, it's 30 per 10,000 exposures. So this virus is really inefficiently transmitted in many, many ways, 
but because of continued risk behaviors and exposures, it does spread around. But I really think if you are rational and you look at the chances of you getting HIV from a needle stick injury, it is quite low. If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. We are discussing HIV during pregnancy, the myths and prejudices of both patients and healthcare providers. Our guest is Dr. Susan Q. Uvin, Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology and Medicine at Brown University. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. Let's talk about some of the myths among patients now. What are some of the myths? Well, I think for any HIV-infected woman, the biggest question is, if I get pregnant, will my HIV progress faster? Will I become sick faster? Will my lifespan become shorter? Because First of all, if they decide to get pregnant, they would like to be healthy long enough to take care of their children, watch them grow, you know, finish high school, watch them go to college, and be there when they get married or have grandchildren. So studies show that pregnancy doesn't really make somebody deteriorate in terms of their HIV status. So we do assure women that if they get proper care and they take their medications regularly and properly, that pregnancy by itself will not make them progress faster. The other myth that I usually get is all of the babies will get infected, and that we have addressed before in terms of saying that with proper care, it's only 1% to 2%. The one thing, though, I would like to emphasize is when my patients hear 1% to 2%, they are so happy, and rightly so, but I discovered that they were interpreting the 1% to 2% differently. They were thinking that even if their baby got infected, it was only 1% or 2% of their body that was being infected that the baby would clear the virus because it's so low. So that the baby gets HIV, but spontaneously the baby will clear the HIV. So what I tell them, it's 1% to 2%. It means one or two babies among 100 babies born to HIV-infected mother. But if it happens to be your baby, that one baby, it's a 100% infection. There's no 1% to 2% infection with HIV. For that particular baby, it's 100%, and that baby is totally infected. Many mothers have the idea that if I take care of my baby, if I keep a healthy you know, environment for my baby, they will clear the virus. We have not had any documented case that has been cured spontaneously of the virus. Wow. What about cesarean section? Does everybody need a cesarean section? In this day and age, not everybody needs a cesarean section. The perinatal guidelines by the government says that if your plasma viral load is less than 1,000, which is the amount of virus that we can measure in your blood, there is no need for an elective C-section unless it's obstetrically indicated. But we do recommend having an elective C-section of 38 weeks if we cannot bring down your plasma viral load to less than 1,000. And what about can they have sex with their partner? I mean, this is not specific to pregnancy, but uh, a brief review of uh, sexual precautions would be helpful. We always tell our patients, no matter whether they are on antiretroviral therapy, even if their plasma viral load is below detectable, they are always potentially infectious to a sexual partner. They should always practice safe sex. My research is mainly in general tract HIV in women, and I can tell you that 
about 52% of women, if you follow them long enough and take genital tract samples long enough, who have below detectable virus in their blood will shed virus at some time point in their genital tract. And it's mainly intermittent, so you don't know when. And there's no commercial test. I, I can do it because it's my research study. So you are always potentially infectious. Men are the same. Men who are on antiretroviral therapy, if you take semen samples long enough at many time points, many of them will be shedding virus in their semen, even if they are on antiretroviral therapy and even if their blood is virus is below detectable. I want to thank Dr. Susan Q. Uvin, who has been our guest. We have been discussing HIV during pregnancy, the myths and prejudices of both patients and healthcare providers. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. You have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Thank you for listening.